Well, we're coming down to our last message as we finish up chapter 5 of the book of James. And we're going to be studying the same passage of Scripture that we did last time, but we're going to look at it from a different angle. I want to talk about how to pray a prayer that can heal illness. James 5, 13 through 18 says, Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. And verse 16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then, when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Now, we read that passage last week, but we're coming back to look at it from the angle of illness, not weaknesses. I really love that last phrase where it says that Elijah prayed again and the earth began to yield its crops. Everything began to grow again. Friends, that's a verse of hope. That's a verse of hope that we all need as we head into 2021. I'm praying for everything to start growing again in your life. So many people need healing today. Not just those who are sick physically. Some of them are sick from the pandemic and others are sick from other kinds of illnesses. But there's so many needing healing today, not just physical healing, but economic healing and financial healing. The economy is sick. Our culture is sick. The whole nation is sick. We need healing in so many, many areas. That's why this is an important message today. I want you to notice that in that passage I just read from James 5, in just six verses, James mentions prayer seven times. If you're taking notes, go back and circle the word pray or prayer. Seven times in six verses. He didn't want us to miss this point, and here it is. Healing comes through prayer. Healing comes through prayer, not through healers. Healing comes through prayer. When somebody prays for you, there is the healing right there. So what I want to do is I want to simply ask four questions this morning. When should I pray for healing? Number two, why aren't people healed every time we pray? Number three, who can pray for healing? And finally, how do I pray for healing for myself and other people? It's a very important message, so I'd encourage you to download, download the outline and maybe take some notes. Question number one, when? When should I pray for healing? Well, in that passage I just read, James missions four specific times for healing. We find these four circumstances in the four different Greek words and phrases he uses. First, he says, are you suffering hardships? That's the Greek word that means you're having trouble, you're having a tough time, you're suffering, you're hurting. He says, after that, he says, then are you, are you sick? 
That word means I feel weak or I feel sick or I feel ill. So we usually mean when we say sick, it can mean a weakness or an illness. Then the third thing he says, the sick person, that means I'm weary, I'm worn out. The Greek word there for sick person is I'm weary, I'm worn out, I feel like giving up, I'm tired, I'm drained. And then finally, he says, he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall and none fell for three and a half years. Then he prayed again for rain, and this time God sent a gully washer. No rain for three and a half years. He's talking about the words that he's using there, talking about that drought, a dry spell. Some of you are going through a dry spell in your life because of the pandemic. Everything's been shut down maybe in your life. Maybe your company is on pause, and you're going through a spiritual dry spell. Or uh, you could be going through a physical dry spell, an emotional dry spell, certainly relational dry spells if you're isolated from everybody. Things have dried up in your life. That's, that's the Greek word, the idea there, dry spell. So based on those four things that James just said in that passage, here's the answer to the first question. Okay, write this down. When should I pray for healing? Four times. Anytime I'm hurting, anytime I'm sick, Anytime I'm I'm tired, anytime I'm empty. Anytime I'm hurting, sick, tired, or empty. Anytime I'm hurting, I should pray for healing. Anytime I'm sick, I should pray for healing. Anytime I'm tired, I should pray for healing. And anytime I feel empty, I should pray for healing. I know some of you were thinking, Jerry, those four words describe the totality of my life right now. I'm sick and tired and empty and healing. Well, then this is the time to pray for healing in your life and have other people pray for healing in your life. The next question, question number two is, well, why are people healed every time we pray? Well, the answer to that is pretty simple. We simply don't know God's will. God is not going to give us something against his will. Because God always wants what's best for us. We don't always know what's best for us. I could pray for things that wouldn't be good for me. But I know, I don't know God's will. And he uses illnesses sometimes in many ways in our lives. So when we pray for healing, we're asking God for healing. But all we can see is our side. I mean, I want, I want to be healed. That's my will. But God says, just pray what you ask for, pray what you desire, pray the desires of your heart. Yes, Lord, I want to be healed. But then we trust God that if it's not his will, because he knows something else or he knows something better, that he's not going to answer it with a yes on that. Look, God answers every prayer. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sometimes wait or not now. And sometimes I think he answers with, you got to be kidding me. We don't have time to list all the ways that God uses illnesses and sicknesses in our lives. But let me just mention three. Why does God sometimes allow sickness in my life? Three reasons. Number one, to get my attention and to redirect me. We talked about this on Christmas Eve a little bit. To get my attention and redirect me. 
Sometimes God has to lay you flat on your back in order for you to look up to God. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Makes me. Psalm 119.71 from the NIV says, It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. Afflicted means sick. Sometimes God uses illness just to get my attention, to head me on a different direction. Proverbs 20.30 in today's English version says, Sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. Amen to that. Anyone want to get a testimony to that one? We could all tell a story about how sometimes it took a painful experience to make us change our ways. So the first reason is what the Bible says called sickness for discipline or sickness for training. Sometimes God allows sickness to redirect us, to get our attention, move us in a different direction. There's a second reason sometimes God allows sickness. Sometimes he does it to be a testimony for others. Did you know that? He knows that he can trust you with an illness. And he knows you're going to be a good example to other people, particularly unbelievers. Paul said in Philippians 1.12 from the New Century Version, he says, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has helped spread the good news. Now, when Paul wrote that, he was sick and in prison in Rome when he wrote those verses. He's sick and in prison. He's in a, a lonely, damp, dank, dark, cold prison dungeon in Rome. And he says, I want you to know that what's happened to me has actually helped to spread the good news. I could spend a whole message just on this, but I'll just say it like this. You know, after walking with God for over four decades, I've been a Christian now for like 42, almost 43 years, I've come to the conclusion that maybe the greatest witness we will ever have in front of unbelieving people or other people who don't know Jesus yet is our example of the way we handle pain. Christians aren't exempt from problems. We have the same problems that everybody else has. But we have a relationship with Jesus Christ to strengthen us and to comfort us and to encourage us and to give us hope and wisdom. Sometimes God lets us be ill because he can trust us to be an example of patience and godliness to others. And the Bible calls this kind of sickness a sickness to the glory of God. Jesus talked about it. When Jesus went to heal Lazarus, who had died, that was a deadly sickness, Jesus announced in John 11, verse 4, this sickness will not end in death. It is an illness for the glory of God to bring glory to the Son of God. There are illnesses that bring glory to God. Did you know that? Did you know that there have been illnesses in our lives that maybe God wanted to use to glory, bring glory to himself? Now, if we were griping, complaining, and being bitter all the time, well, there's no glory going to God in that. But when we respond to pressure and pain in a positive and faithful way, it brings glory to God. So there's a sickness for discipline and training, and there's a sickness to bring glory to God. But sometimes God just allows a sickness, number three, to take us to eternity. 
Now, we don't like this one on this side. The Bible calls it a sickness unto death. Jesus said about Lazarus, this is not a sickness unto death, even though Lazarus died. It's a second kind. It's a, a sickness unto death if you could be healed. You know, here's the thing. If you could be healed by every illness, by prayer, just have enough faith and just have enough prayer, then you would, you would literally never die. You'd end up living on the earth forever. Because anybody who had enough faith would just pray, 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 and never die of anything. Well, that's certainly not God's will for us. This is earth. This isn't heaven, folks. Hebrews 9.27 says, Each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. Did you know that? God has already appointed the time and the date that each of us will die. And then our lives will be judged by God. Those of us who are rewarders, our, our believers will be rewarded. So one of the reasons God allows illness, sometimes he's ready to take you home. He wants to take you to heaven. Your time on earth is done. And if you could be healed every single time by praying, you'd never die. So what I'm saying is, look, we pray for healing, but we trust that God's will will be done. Just like Jesus played, prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Father, if it's possible, he says, I know it's possible. I know you could take this cup from me. Then I don't have to go through this pain, but nevertheless, thy will be done and not my will. That's what we do when we pray. God, it's my desire that you heal me. God, it's my desire that you heal my son or my daughter or my, my wife or my grandchildren, my brother, my friend. But nevertheless, Thy will be done. First John 5.14 says, This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. If you're taking notes, underline anything according to his will. So we've looked at when can we pray for healing, four different times. We've looked at what happens, why some people don't get healed, why every prayer isn't answered with a yes. Third question, who can pray for healing? Do you have to be the Pope or a pastor or a missionary type or somebody that's super holy, holy, holy man? Who can pray for healing? I want you to understand this. Any child of God can pray for healing. Any child of God, any believer, any Christ follower can pray for healing. You can come to your Heavenly Father and say, Daddy, Abba, Papa, I'm sick. I need your healing. That's what James 5, 16 and 17 says. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Now, let me just stop right there. The earnest prayer of a righteous person. Who's a righteous person? A righteous person just means a person in right standing with God. When you're a believer, you're a righteous person. Christ's righteousness has been accredited to your account. It covers you. Any believing person. It doesn't say you have to be a super saint. It doesn't say you have to be Mother Teresa or Billy Graham. You just have to be a believer, a believing person. And you have to be earnest. 
The earnest prayer of a believing person is powerful and effective. For example, he says in verse 17, Elijah was as human as we are. Yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. You know the rest of the story. All those miracles happened. Elijah's life was filled with one miracle after another miracle after another miracle. But the most comforting thing about this verse to me is the words, Elijah was just like us. He's just like you, just like me. He wasn't some super saint. He got depressed. He, 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 he made mistakes. God used him, though, because he dared to pray for miracles. He dared to pray for healing. Okay, he didn't, he didn't have to be somebody special. He was just like us. That means he had the same temptations, weaknesses, the same sins, the same faults that we had. If God only heard prayers from perfect people, nobody whose prayers have ever been prayed would ever be heard. God hears the prayers of sinners, of failures, of all of us who are imperfect. Now, earlier in the text, James said, you can call on the elders of your church to pray for you and anoint your head with oil. Now, what is he talking about there? Where he says, while, while you pray, anoint with oil. Well, I've mentioned this before. Oil is simply a symbol of the Holy Spirit. That's all it is. It's just like water and baptism is a symbol of your death and burial and resurrection in Christ. It's just a symbol. Just like water is a symbol of baptism, oil, when we pray for healing, is just a symbol of our faith and trust. I have some oil, olive oil, that I got in Israel. I'll use that as a pastor. I'll go and I'll do exactly what God says. Sometimes I forget my oil. It's not the oil. There's no healing power in any kind of oil. So don't go right off and spend a lot of money on some special prayer oil. It's just oil. Just like the water in the baptistry, it's just normal water. There's nothing holy about the water. It's just a symbol of your faith. That's what matters. It's a symbol that you're trusting. Now, you don't have to be an elder to pray for other people. There are many, many, many other scriptures in the New Testament that talk about praying for each other. Praying for healing for each other. Even anoint, even when we anoint each other in the name of the Lord to pray. So as your pastor, I authorize all of you in your small groups, in your Bible studies, to pray for each other. To pray for healing with each other. To anoint each other if you want to in the name of the Lord. You're all commissioned as a believer here at Seminole Community Church. You can pray for anybody. And you're not just commissioned by me. You're commissioned because the Holy Spirit lives within you. Why? Because Jesus said this in John 14, verse 12 through 14. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will even do greater miracles than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. Here's prayer. I'll do whatever, his prayer was, I'll do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. Now, honestly, I don't see many of us doing greater works than Jesus Christ. How could 
how could any one person do more than what he did? Well, I'll tell you how. Because when Jesus was here in his physical body, he could only be in one place at one time. He limited himself to time and space. He could only heal one person here, then the next person, then the next person. When Jesus was here on earth, he couldn't be in China and Europe and Africa all at the same time. But did you know now that the body of Christ is everywhere? It's spread all over the world. We are the body of Christ. Over 2 billion Christians can pray for healing for people at the same time. On every continent, in every city, in every state, in every county or province. So that's how we do the greater work together. We're not limited to one body. The body of Christ is now spread out everywhere because the Holy Spirit lives within us. Well, finally, let's look at how do I pray for healing? Question number four. How do I pray for healing for myself and others? Did you know that God wants to make you to be a healing agent? Yeah, you. Just normal you. You don't have to be an elder, but God wants you. He wants to use you to pray for healing in people's lives. It's not that complicated. There's just three things that James teaches. Number one, I got to make sure my heart is clean from sin. Okay, that's the starting point. I can't be holding on to all this unconfessed sin and then go out there and pray for either myself or somebody else at the same time. That's why in verse 16 he says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. We said it last week. I've really said it probably a hundred times. Revealing your feeling is the beginning of healing. Confess your faults to each other. Clean out your life. Take out the garbage. Confess your sins. Get them out. Get rid of them. Now, we're never going to be perfect. You heard me say that. We will never be sinless. But it is possible to sin less. We're never going to be sinless, but we can sin less. And we can confess and be cleaned out inside. Revealing your feeling, confessing your faults to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. That's step one. Step two is I got to be specific when I ask. I got to be specific when I ask. Too many people are afraid to put God in a box. They're afraid to, to put God kind of on the line. So they won't even ask specifically for healing. They'll pray these little wimpy, Oh Lord, be with the six people, show them your love and that you're with them and God bless America. That's all fine and good, but over 20 times in the New Testament, we're commanded to ask. Ask, seek, knock. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. But you need to be specific. In fact, James in chapter 4, verse 2, we talked about this verse recently. He says, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. You mean, if I just ask God, I could have some things that I want? Mm-hmm. That's what James is saying. Hello. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. I've heard many people say, you know, pray for me. I'm sick. And someone will say, Lord, we just ask you to be with them and to bless them. And what is a blessing anyway? I mean, if a blessing hits you right in the nose, some of you, how will we know it? I mean, sometimes a blessing is the illness. And if you don't, 
if you don't know, is that specifically what you're praying for? So be specific. You don't have because you don't ask. I often pray like this. I'll pray for someone who's sick. And I'll say, God, you've told us many times in your word to ask. And you've told us many times in your word to pray for healing. So that's what I'm doing. I'm obeying your word right now, Lord. I'm, I'm asking you to heal this person. Just heal them. I know you can heal them. I'm praying that you will heal them. It's up to you, God. I can't control it. That's not a magic Bible verse. I don't have any power in me, but you've told us. So I'm asking you, I'm being obedient, I'm asking you to heal them. To, and I'm asking you to do what you say you'll do. Please heal them. Okay? That's being specific. When you ask, be specific. Third thing, it's real simple. Got to ask in faith. Ask in faith, that's the third thing James says to do. James 1.6, way back at the beginning of James this summer, we talked about this. He said, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. So if we don't think God's going to heal, if we don't believe, if we're just like going through the motions, God says, don't even ask. You're just wasting your breath. He says, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Why? Because God has his promises in his word. And I'm trusting God for his will to be done. But I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do what God says to do. I'm going to say, God, you told us to pray. You've told us to ask. You've told us to pray for healing. I'm praying for healing because I know you can heal him. So I'm asking. And then we leave the results up to God because he's going to say yes. He's going to say no. He's going to say, say maybe or not yet. So I want to close right now, this morning, the last Sunday of the year, of of the year of all years, the last Sunday. I want to close by praying for you. But in order for this to be effective, I would like you to think of an area in your life that you need healing in your life, okay? So you got to be specific about it. Now, I don't, I don't have to know about it. God knows it. And you know it. And it doesn't matter to me. I don't have to know to pray for you. But I want you to think of an area. You to think of something. Do you need a relationship that needs to be healed? Do you have a relationship that needs to be healed? Do you have a physical ailment that needs to be healed? Do you have a mental illness that needs to be healed? Do you have something else that needs to be healed? Because we're going to ask. We're going to pray right now. We're going to trust God in his word. Does your finances need to be healed? Does your, does your career need to be healed? We're going to trust God in his word, and we're going to leave the results to him. But we're going to ask God to do what he says to do. And if he says to do it, then we have to obey him and do it. So I want you to think of something in your life where you need healing. Financial healing, depression maybe, maybe healing from worry. Um, from anxiety, maybe you need a job, maybe you're out of work, whatever it is, I want you to think about that. Let me give you about 10 more seconds here to think about it, and then I'm going to close this in prayer, all right? All right, let's bow our heads. And you just think about what you want God, what you want to ask God to heal you of, and I'm going to pray for you.
and, and you pray for you at the same time. Heavenly Father, I just ask that you will intervene in our lives. You've told us to come to you. You've told us to confess our faults to each other. You've told us, Lord, to ask and to pray for healing. So we're we're seeking, we're asking, we're knocking. Heavenly Father, for each and every person that's listening, I don't know where they are on this planet. I don't know where they are in their walk with you, but you know them. You know them by name. I pray, Lord, as they bring to you, to their mind, this this ailment, this illness, this friend, this relationship, their finances. Whatever it is, Lord, I pray that you will heal. You will heal their bodies and their minds and their relationships and their lives. And Father, I pray that you'll remind them that on the last Sunday of 2020, that's when we prayed together across the the technology of the Internet. We prayed together, and we asked you to heal us. And in our church and in anyone listening, Lord, I pray you'll do the miracle that they need. I know you can, and I'm praying that you will. We trust you in your will for our life. Now, Father, as we head into a new year, may it be a year of hope. This has been a difficult year. It's been a drought. I pray that you'll heal our land, that you'll heal our people, that you'll heal our planet, and that 2021 we will see people grow and flourish again, that we will bloom again as a nation, as believers, and that you'll draw each and every person listening to me, you'll draw them close to you through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for such a great Christmas. Keep us safe as we celebrate the ringing in of the new year. Bring us back together with anticipation and hope 2021 is going to be a year of growth and flourishing here at SCC and in each of our lives. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Hey, I want to thank you for listening. It's been a great year. We've learned a lot this year, even though it's been a difficult year. I hope I will see you in person, and soon we will all be able to gather in person. I love you. Have a happy new year. God bless.